The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station, WTJXFM 93.1, where yours truly is a beautiful day in these parts down here in the American paradise. And uh, have a great show. The RT Parks uh, Executive Director um, Peter Chapman can be joining us um, around 820. Then I uh, I'm hoping to, to speak with a couple of the government officials, a couple of things I wanted to go over in our number two. We thought to Richie Mota, wanted to get a follow-up on the extension of the uh, state of the emergency. I read that article. I didn't get to hear the press briefing yesterday, but I read that article on the source. And um, I just wanted to make sure we get all the details um, right with respect to... Um, what's going on with that, with that uh, then I reached out to Commissioner um, Calvert White because the NBA got in season tournament first ever um, where <coughs> excuse me um, they separated the 15 teams in each conference the Eastern and Western Conference into three groups the, the group winners and a wild card from each group make the quarterfinals, which started last night. And then the win, uh, so they had uh, two games last night. They're going to have two more games tonight. The four winners going to um, advance to Vegas. And then there's going to be a uh, semifinals on Thursday. And then the finals going to be on Saturday. So. Uh, last night, Indiana uh, beat the Celtics. So I know I got a lot of Celtics fans. You know, Celtics are a very popular team. Uh, who kind of um, hurting right about now. And uh, the Pelicans from New Orleans, they went out to Sacramento and they beat the Kings. So um, the winner of the... No, the Pacers will play the winner of tonight's game between the Knicks and the Bucks. And of course, you know, you got a lot of Knickerbocker fans here. Knicks very popular in St. Croix and St. Thomas, Virgin Isles. Um, against the Bucks, which of course everyone knows by now, Virgin Islander, uh, Milt Newton is the assistant general manager for the Bucks, who won the championship back in 2021. So the winner of that game will play the Pacers. And then tonight, um, the winner of the Suns at Los Angeles Lakers game. You know, you got a lot of Laker fans down here as well. We'll play the winner. We'll play the Pelicans on Thursday night. So I wanted to get uh, some perspective from uh, Commissioner Calvert White because, you know, he played uh, ball overseas. And the in-season tournament thing is uh, really a European-type thing for soccer. And they're doing it now uh, in the NBA. So 
David, uh, not David Stone, uh, Adam Silva uh, incorporated this into the regular season window and it has taken the sports world by storm. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, to see if we get both of these distinguished Virgin Islands to join us in, in our number two. Right? Um, so I'm looking forward to talking with uh, uh, Director Chapman because uh, over the weekend, um, RT Park, they had Roland Martin. Uh, yeah, Roland Martin. The Roland Martin, who used to be on CNN back in the days and got his own thing now. He, um, he was here over the weekend uh, along with Tim Reed, you know, Venus. Fly trap from uh, WKRP back in the day. Yeah. So, uh, they were here. They're doing some media stuff in the Caribbean. So, we're going to talk about, gonna talk about that uh, with the RT Park. Because, you know, the RT Park into um, some technological investments and media and all that stuff. So, looking forward to talking with them. Uh, so, before I go forward... Oh, by the way, don't forget uh, to stay on top of the uh, local news scene by tuning into the WTGX news feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas at 5 p.m. right here on WTGX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands, right? Uh, also, today we gain our three sets of tickets, right, to the Taste of Two Islands. Uh, so get ready to savor the flavors at the Taste of Two Islands Food Festival. Be the 12th caller at 340-718-0761 and win a pair of tickets to this delectable event on Thursday, December 14th at the Mark C. Marin Center in St. Thomas. Okay? This event is uh, hosted by WTJX FM 93.1 and it's a culinary experience. Um... You don't really want to miss, you know what I mean? So, um, let's go send out the um, text message here. Oh, bear with me. Yeah, you don't want to miss that there, right? So, what you're going to do is, uh, if you're the 12th caller at 340-718-0761, beginning now. Okay? You get two tickets, and then we hang out in another nine days. Time flying fast, so you definitely want to... Um, be a dying vet. Okay. It's going to be, as they say, a humdigger. Okay. Now we're going to So I think they call them on start already, right? So we good to go. So uh, 12th caller, get those tickets. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Hey, look, yesterday we had a great discussion on the table talk. Uh, Dwayne Henry uh, deputized for the boys. And, um, one of the discussions centered on, uh, well, the early part of the discussion centered on a matter, uh, a local matter with uh, Stephen Payne filing a lawsuit <coughs> against the, the legislature because uh, he believed that uh, his due process rights were violated. And um, the legislature questioning uh, whether or not the judge handling the case is is right to do so. One of the things that I've uh, I've, I've always noticed, you know, on radio is um, you could have a conversation 
state your opinion clear as ever state your position clear as ever and people misinterpret words at no point did i say that um Stephen Payne wasn't entitled to counsel and that his lawyer shouldn't have filed a case. What I did say was that I respectfully disagree with their argument. Be that as it may, apparently they're going around saying that, uh, you know, I, I was a... Uh, uh, going after his counsel and all that stuff, which, which can be further from the truth. Dwayne Henry and I agreed that I even, I even brought up a point that I referenced in a conversation from a long time ago with H. Hannibal O'Brien, right? Where, and I mentioned this on the air yesterday, I asked him one day, what do you do when you are defending someone that you uh, believe may be guilty? And I stated this on the air clearly yesterday. Antonio Brand said, it really don't matter what I believe. My job is to make sure that my client gets the best defense available. Which was proof that there's nothing wrong with Tristan Moore defending his client and taking whatever argument. Matter of fact, Dwayne Henry went over that at least four times, Attorney Dwayne Henry. You do what you have to do to win the case. I'm starting to get the impression that it looks like I'm not supposed to disagree with something. Because the reality is I referenced historical cases in the past and Supreme Court rulings that speaks to the authority of the legislature. And that's all it is. Tristan Moore is not wrong for doing whatever he can to represent his client, interpreting the law how he sees it to the benefit of, of his case. So I don't know why people want to, you know, misinterpret things intentionally. I took a position. Legislature in the past has expelled a member, has denied admittance for another member, and in another instance, the Supreme Court clearly articulated that the legislature, you know, is the sole authority with respect to sanctioning its members after they swear in. They made that clear in, in August of 2014. So, don't go wrong spreading misinformation, whomever you are. Okay, if there's one thing you know about the host, <clears throat> I think I'm very clear on positions that I take. Okay? The, the, the judge has threatened sanctions against the legislature for questioning her authority. I disagree with that too. Do we, Henry Arbito? No, it ain't so much about that. It's a, it's a how issue. And in some, some way, I may agree with that. But, you know, as a former legislator and someone who dealt with a matter in 2017 as it relates to the admittance of a member, that the court said um, 
may have violated a residency rule while they were elected in 2016. We did what we had to do. Did we want to do it? No. Because he was elected by the people of the district of St. Thomas and St. John. But the law is the law. And you can't be lawmakers conveniently after you take that oath. Got to be consistent. Now, I know we had a great conversation yesterday because, you know, got the text messages, phones ringing off the hook, even got, even got someone reached out from the University of Virgin Islands that was enjoying the conversation. And, you know, we, 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 hope, you know, we hopefully uh, you know, are of the belief that, uh, um, that uh, you know, that's what we do. We stimulate um, the brain cells, cells, and educate. We got a message saying from one of my regular listeners, they enjoyed the law school one-on-one class yesterday. So we'll see how that pans out. Got a winner for the first set of tickets. Yeah. What's the name? Basil, Basil Sanders. Congratulations from St. Thomas. Uh, you are the winner for the first set of tickets. And look, that one went fast. That one went fast because uh, uh, I could see as soon as I as, as soon as I said uh, starting now, the phone had done ringing already. You know what I'm saying? So uh, congratulations, Basil Sanders. Uh, and you joined the three previous winners, uh, Amber Knight, Greg Mitchell, and Ingrid Possible. And looking forward to hanging out with y'all uh, in nine days. Right, I think it's at five, five to ten p, five to ten p.m. Either five, five or five thirty, somewhere around the after walk. Uh, don't forget, you know, get a ticket somewhere because you got a cap, okay? You got a limit, so you know all roads and flights, uh, flights lead into the rock. And, and you know something, we, we want to say this as well, right? We're aware of the fact that December is an event time in the territory. Right, an event month, right? A lot of things, a lot of things going on. Of course, over the weekend you had the Coconut Festival. You got the um, the Lantern uh, Parade there. We got the Lighting for Limerick Park coming up this weekend, <clears throat> and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Normally we hold it in November. Of course, you know we transitioning back to normalcy. You know the pandemic may have undermined some things and all that stuff. So, uh, but this one gonna be nice. You know, we definitely want to thank the sponsors. I think at some point we'll get the boss back on um, between now and uh, next week, Thursday. Uh, so we could uh, uh, enlighten the public uh, with respect to details about the event and all that. Uh, get you up to date as we uh, approach uh, the 14th and good to go. So. We're going to do it again at the bottom of the hour. Okay, we're going to do our 8.30 hookup as well. Right? So for those who may have missed out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That's a, that's a good point, right? Uh, if you're Carl, right, and, you, uh, and they said, no, you're in number 12, that does not preclude you from calling again. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you're trying to time this thing to be the 12th caller. Okay, we ain't saying, well, we recognize your voice, you can't call again. We're not into that, right? So it's about timing, you know. Uh, timing's everything, right? So uh, we're looking forward to it. But like I was saying, um, 
Yeah, a lot of things happened in December, so that's right. We understand that we may be conflicting uh, and all that stuff, but ain't nothing wrong with going to two events in the same night. You know what I mean? Uh, but you definitely want to be to this one because this is going to be uh, the event of events uh, for that week. You know, definitely that day. You know what I'm saying? So it's December 14th over there, over there uh, at the uh, Mark C. Marion Center over at Antilles School. Of course, you know, I've always had a, a beef with Antilles School because. Uh, Wednesday, Dunstan's uh, uh, was in the middle of winning four St. Croix uh, district quiz bowls. One of the years uh, we lost uh, the finals to Anthony School um, 82. Uh, my senior year on the team uh, with Sebastiano Casinelli and all that stuff. So uh, good, good matchup. Uh, we actually had the finals up there in the Purby loss and um, uh, uh, auditorium, the cafeteria, and uh, so <clears throat> good. So don't forget, uh, like like my um, my uh, my caller said, you no, know? uh, I mean my engineer said, if you call and I don't um, then you ain't time it right. They don't preclude you from, you know what I'm saying? Take another shot because you want to be the 12th caller. Uh, as we give away another set of tickets. So we can do that at that 8.30 as well. Okay, so we're at the 4 now. Let me make sure I write down this name, yeah. Basil Sanders, was that right? Let's go my right down this name, because right? I got a list of the names I'm here, no? I forgot to write down one down. Okay? And it's all good. Yep. So, good start to the show this morning. Okay? Um, we should be hearing from um, uh, Mr. Peter Chapman a little bit, talk about... Um, some uh, media initiatives taking place along with other things at the RT Park. You know, of which, you know, I'm a mercenary. So, enjoy doing that. And then, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, we get to talk on one of those uh, administration big shots, if not two, uh, in our number two, with respect to uh, the local state of emergency and, of course, the in-season tournament uh, that's taking place. So, we'll take a break. I'll be back right after this. issues that arise in our territory comes with the territory with leslie comision join me leslie comision for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory one conversation at a time i'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive tune in to be a part of the discussion it all comes with the territory comes with the territory airs sundays at 1 p.m and re-airs at 7 p.m on wtjx tv channel 12. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
he said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com Member FDIC. Sorry about that. I was sending a question to my good friend, um, the Scandinavian over there in uh, St. Thomas, uh, St. John, Stefan Jurgen. Uh, so don't hold that against me. We got Mr. Peter Chapman from the RT Park uh, on the line now, joining us to give us an update as to runnings down there at uh, 64 West here on St. Croix. Good morning, Mr. Chapman. How are you? Good morning, Neville. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How's the RT Park doing? The RT Park is great. Archie Park is great. It's a uh, lovely, uh, lovely morning here um, on the uh, UVI St. Croix campus, and uh, very glad to be here. That's good. Well, before we get into um, the details with respect to some projects and initiatives the RT Park is doing, can you please explain to the public once again um, what the RT Park uh, is about, represents the mandate pursuant to the legislature? uh, creating this entity via statute uh, over over 20 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, the RT Park was established uh, by the legislature uh, or through an act of the legislature, uh, specifically Title 17 of the Virgin Islands Code. Um, and it was established really through the, the, the visionary efforts of some people who were at UVI uh, at the time, including uh, one who is... Uh, now back on our board, uh, Dr. DeLone. Uh, and so we were established uh, via Title 17 as a mechanism for strengthening and diversifying the economy of the Virgin Islands. So as most people know, uh, the VI has long been uh, heavily tourism dependent, uh, heavily dependent on petrochemical refining. And so uh, Dr. DeLone, um, uh, Dr. Rimpel and others got together and said, hey, 
we need something that is essentially the Virgin Islands version of Research Triangle Park in North Carolina. And thus was born the RT Park. And we, uh, according to statute, we, uh, we do really five things. We operate across five verticals to support that economic diversification uh, mandate. Uh, one is attracting new enterprises into the territory. Second is supporting uh, startups and early stage uh, firms. Third is uh, talent development, workforce development in STEM uh, or STEAM fields. Uh, four is access to capital. And five is real estate development, or as it's called in Title 17, uh, facilities uh, development. Uh, so we, in terms of our structure and how we operate uh, in the United States or in mainland United States communities, uh, we are what's called the public-private partnership, which means that we have a uh, mission, uh, public mission, but we operate uh, independently of uh, government. In our case, we operate uh, collaboratively but independently of the university so that we can move uh, and move at the speed of business and function like for-profit entities. And so, yes, this is our 21st year, and things are going uh, extraordinarily well. Now, how does, how does the RT Park benefit the University of Virgin Islands, given um, the, the powers that be, the visionaries at that time, wanting the yeah. RT Park to be like uh, Research Triangle or Stanford or um, Texas? that also the University of Texas in Austin that um, I want to yes. say Stanford Palo Alto yes. out there. That's a great that's a great question. So let me <clears throat> let me take a step step back, put my um, put my uh, a teacher a teacher's hat on. Um, the uh, really the the basis of tech uh, tech supported or tech oriented economic development is really research, right? You need research that creates, you know, patents, or, or as we call it, intellectual uh, property, and uh, that intellectual property, um, you know, creates the foundation of businesses. So um, our university partner, <clears throat> UVI, you know, is, you know, they, they're not a research institution, so we, uh, so we have to take uh, other means uh, to bringing companies and entrepreneurs into the RT Park, right? And so we uh, focus heavily on business attraction, uh, targeting um, uh, what we call mature companies. We, we also expend a lot of energy and a lot of resources uh, uh, bringing early stage firms into our entrepreneurship programs. But to your question about how we benefit UVI, uh, we benefit UVI in two big ways. One is uh, by um, really harnessing the platform that we have with the private sector to create internships and also permanent employment opportunities for, uh, for UVI students because UVI is a critical anchor institution uh, in, the, uh, in the territory. Um, because we, we operate like a for-profit and we eat what we kill, uh, we've also been able to generate a fair amount of uh, money um, from our you know, uh, different platforms. And so we are able to uh, dedicate a significant portion of that funding to UVI to support 
you know, various programs uh, that, uh, that, they, that they operate to support uh, scholarships, things of the like. Um, during uh, the entire existence of the RT Park, um, the RT Park has generated uh, about $13.5 million for UVI. 90% of that, or um, $12 million, uh, of that, just over $12 million, has been generated in just the last five and a half years under the current team uh, at the RT Park. And so we're, we're very proud of what, <clears throat> of what we are able to do for the university. Uh, we are always looking for ways to uh, take the partnership uh, to, the next, uh, to the next level. And so that's, that's how we benefit the university. Now, um, when I was uh, way back when, some 10, 12 years ago when I was a member of the legislature, there was a concern that the RT Park was rivaling the Economic Development Authority because both entities are into uh, business attraction uh, and companies uh, coming to the Virgin Islands, taking advantage of um, tax benefits in return for job creation. What's what's the deal with that now? Where, where, Where are we with that? Yeah, so I, I, I can only speak with authority to what we do and what our mandate is. So uh, we, don't, we don't compete with uh, the VIEDA. We don't feel that they compete with us because we are, uh, we're a very sector-oriented uh, organization. And what that means for your listening audience is we are not trying to be all things to all market sectors. Right. So we're not going to be providing support to, you know, grocery stores, uh, dry cleaners. Right. We focus on the businesses in the tech sector. That means digital technologies like financial tech, like cybersecurity. It means biotech and life sciences. It means renewable energy. Uh, it means media, which I'll talk about uh, in, a, in a minute. So we are focused on uh, industries and sectors that are heavily dependent on uh, a science, technology, education, and math workforce. Uh, I, I think that is the fundamental way that we differ from uh, the government's you know, economic development group or general economic development group. Uh, in terms of the tax benefits, um, and again, I can only speak for the RT Park, uh, tax benefits are important uh, in terms of offsetting certain costs that are uh, borne by uh, uh, companies here. But we, we don't lead with that, right? So when you, when you hear me, when people hear me uh, on the speaking circuit, whether I'm in you know, in California or Boston or wherever, recruiting companies, I don't really lead with tax incentives, right? It's, it's part of the value proposition, but I start with things like broadband, right? The RT Park is a beneficiary of the fact that we have the second biggest concentration of, uh, of fiber optics, right, in, uh, in the Americas. I talk about the uh, comprehensive um, uh, talent pool that we have at the RT Park, right? So we have people who are entrepreneurs. Uh, we have people who, uh, who know real estate development, urban planning, 
marketing, and, and that skill set is what helps us, uh, has helped us, uh, you know, grow and scale um, uh, a variety of uh, a variety of companies. Um, I do talk about the tax incentives, uh, but again, uh, that's not something that we that we lead that we lead with. We talk about the robust value proposition that companies uh, have uh, have access to by virtue of being in the territory and most importantly affiliating with the RT Park. Now, one of the, the sponsors of uh, the, the legislation I created, the RT Park, is a regular, well, actually two of them are regular contributors here on this particular show. Um, um, Sen- former Sen- Senator and Senate President Armando Rocky Labor and uh, former Senator uh, Donald Cole. Uh, those uh, two senators, along with the late Alisa Chucky Hinton and uh, Bob Brand, uh, were critical in making sure that the, the legislation actually came to the floor uh, was confirmed and then RT Park uh, is created. So one 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 conversation I had with Rocky one time, Rocky said one of the reasons why uh, the RT Park was attractive um, to the the senators was because um, it, it it allowed for uh, the University of the Virgin Islands uh, to have more flexibility. Talk about how uh, that created um, an arm, another tentacle. Uh, for the university and and why that's important, given that we're a land grant institute here in the Virgin Islands at a time when um, you know we're we're, we're consuming um, I don't even have a, the right kind of superlative um, way too much uh, imported food as opposed to yeah. food that we uh, uh, cultivate here on our own. Yeah. So. Um so as uh, an independent uh, uh, public-private partnership economic development organization, uh, as I indicated at the top, we, uh, we can do things that, um, you know, universities can't do. We can do things that governments can't do. So in the case of the RT Park, we can, you know, we can take equity positions in companies. We can provide debt financing to, to companies. At, which are things that we do, and uh, and I think being able to apply, uh, you know, different types of of, of tools um, to attract companies and grow companies uh, has worked or is working to the benefit of the territory and I believe the university uh, in terms of bringing in companies with the ability to increase food production. Uh, as I said this weekend at, you know, multiple uh, forums involving uh, Roland Martin, uh, the Virgin Islands imports 90% of its of its food product. Over 90%? And over 90%. Yes, now it's over 90%. It was just under 90% when I got here uh, five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And for a variety of reasons, that's not, that's not a healthy, that's not a healthy thing. And we see the impact, you know, those of us who live, live in the territory, I live on St. Croix, we see the impact of that in, um, in food prices, right? And that creates ripple effects in terms of depleting uh, people's resources and working against them as they're trying to save for homes, college, whatever. And so that is something that we have to do. Um, and we have to do it more systematically, um, 
and much more strategically. And I should point out that in the territories, uh, in the governor's vision, what is it, Vision 2040 plan, uh, agriculture and food production is at the top of that list. And that is one of the things that we have observed very keenly as we have gone about really building out our sector strategy to include a robust focus on um, unsustainable uh, sustainable agriculture. And just one more point um, as it relates to sustainable agriculture. Um, when we talk about sustainable agriculture, what we mean is commercial scale agriculture. There is agriculture, right, taking place in the territory or agricultural related pursuits, but it, it's typically, uh, you know, sort of what we call family scale, right? So people may be growing things to feed their families, to feed, you know, um, uh, relatives, to feed friends. But when we talk about sustainable agriculture, uh, Neville, what we mean is commercial scale agriculture. That is what will enable us to really move the needle on that, you know, 90%, 90% plus um, uh, proportion of our uh, uh, food-related imports. So. No, no. Quickly, um, you may be Saint Croix headquartered, but a majority of the companies under the the RT Park Fold right now are based in Saint Thomas, correct? Yes, that's that's correct. So uh, that proportion right now is about sixty five thirty five, right? Mm -hmm. But who's who's counting? So sixty five percent of our of our companies, affiliated companies, um, are based on Saint Thomas. Um, and the balance are here on St. Croix. So we serve, um, we serve um, the entire territory, and I want to be clear about that. Yeah, because, because, uh, my, because even though we're headquartered here and you got uh, two-thirds of the companies in St. Thomas, I still want to hear about uh, some initiatives or some vision uh, for St. John. Because you know somebody yeah. gotta look out for St. John, and that's something yeah. I enjoy doing yeah, here on, on this particular absolutely. show. We're not we're not overlooking uh, St. John. Mm -hmm. uh, we are we are a work in progress, right? So the RT Park, when uh, most of us first got here five and a half years ago, you know, it begged for uh, what we call reconceptualization, right? Pretty tired model, pretty pretty small, wasn't really, you know, wasn't really. Um, working up to its potential. And so, so, so let me stop you right there. The model. Let me stop you right there. Work, 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 work. Yeah. Yeah, let me stop right there, working up to its potential. We pick it up right there. We got Peter Chapman joining us. Uh, on, uh, uh, he analyzed this, uh, giving us an update as to where we are, and some communications and media initiatives um, that we're going to talk about when we come back right from this break. Be back right after this. scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. 
Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. this by the way for those who listening right um the second pair of tickets we're giving away today that uh window starts now so the 12th caller uh uh to call in at 340-718-0761 will win a pair of tickets to the uh taste of twilands events that's taking place at the mark c marion center and st thomas on thursday december december 14th which is nine days from today so the 12th caller starting right now you're good to go uh, for two tickets uh, to that event. Um, we're talking with uh, Mr. Peter Chapman, who is, yes. uh, but by title, uh, executive director. No, actually, chief executive chief, executive chief, officer, chief, CEO of the uh, RT Park, uh, and a great uh, uh, introductory segment um, uh, in the last segment, and we appreciate that as it relates to some history. But I do want to 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 to, to wrap up that that segment um, by. Speaking about you, you keep mentioning the the last five years, and the RT Park was actually created via legislation uh, in two thousand two. So um, that means you know if we're talking twenty years, you know, let, let's leave a year out for uh, actually you know trying to situate our situate yourself and all that stuff. Why did it take so long? Looking back, based on the data that you're looking at, um, for the RT Park to actually get from fledgling to functioning. Well, I, the fact of the matter is I don't really know, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. But, 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 but didn't the data tell you something that doesn't data let you know that, that it, it, something, yeah, something, mean, cause you yeah. said you spoke about reconceptualization, right? Or reconceptualizing. Yeah. So something, you had to see something in there that uh, we were struggling uh, compared to, you know, um, the last five years where, you know, everybody looks to be, yeah. benef- to be benefiting. Yeah, so what I can speak to is what we found when we, uh, when we got here. And when I say we, um, the first uh, wave of uh, team members consisted of Amina Saleem, who is our chief of staff, a former energy official, and uh, knows a lot about a lot of different things. Um, and Siobhan Chopa, who had previously been with the RT Park, and when I heard about her, 
I, I recruited her back to the art department. It cost us a pretty penny, but she's phenomenal. So one of the things that we found was that um, the RT Park had a pretty small client base. Um, there were only, I want to say, 28 companies in the portfolio, not all of them uh, generating revenue. Um, and so I couldn't really figure out why the portfolio was so small. Um, there were also really no programs or no activities that conformed to those five tenets of Title 17 that I laid out. You know, attraction, entrepreneurship, real estate, workforce, uh, access to capital. There was really nothing. There was so, nothing programmatically. So are, so are, are you saying that um, what, what you found was pretty much a generic company in, in, in name as it relates I, to, a tech, to a tech park? I, I, I would, I, uh, well... I want to because because, because Miss Marcel, your 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 predecessor, when she when when she and I would speak, she said Neville, uh, or Senate at the time, you know, as she say, um, as it stands right now, we're more of a program than we are a park. Um, well, can you break that down in terms of? Yeah. I mean, that's what she said. I, but I'm asking you I, in terms of I, what would be a distinction between a park versus a program. Yeah, so let me take a step back. Mm -hmm. I can't, re I, I don't really understand. Uh, I don't have the context for mm -hmm. understanding her her assessment. Mm -hmm. But uh, but to further well, 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 before question, you, but, well, well, then you know what? Let me rephrase that. What uh, uh, when we look at the the mainland institutions, which we can compare ourselves with strictly on a volume different yeah. difference right there. What's True. the what what is it about the research triangle, Clemson? Um, one in the Northeast. Um, what's it, BU or, or Boston College? One. Well, uh, well, there is. Uh, it's actually actually MIT. MIT. Uh, of, MIT. Stanford. Yep. University of Texas. Yep. What is it about yep. those those big in, big entities that RT Park by definition is applicable to those schools? Yeah. So what those schools have is a. A synergy, right? That consists of uh, that consists of place, right? They they all have physical spaces where you can grow companies, uh, whether it's you know research space for wet labs, whether it's residential uh, spaces, housing for tech talent. So they have the physical aspect, they have the research, they have the research uh, component. Um, and they have the they have the intellectual capital um, and the intellectual property, right? And so all of those things help to create robust tech sectors in places like Cambridge, Mass, Austin, Texas, you know, uh, Raleigh places out west, Raleigh, you know, North Raleigh, yeah. Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham, Research mm -hmm. Triangle Park, which has been the gold standard uh, for many for many years. There's actually a lot of competition now. Uh, so what? Uh, what I found is that what we have is very different. It's very unique. So we have a we have a complex which some people refer to as a park. Um, it's small though. It's fifteen thousand square feet. Uh, the university occupies uh, roughly two thirds or almost two thirds of the building. Um, we occupy, uh, even though we own it, a small you know small proportion of the building. We only have a couple of entrepreneurs operating here. So the scale 
um, of and the density right of our you know entrepreneurs here it, it just pales by comparison to what you see in those other in those other markets. So that and, and yeah, I, th I think you've answered a question there because basically um, what Miss Marcel was telling me back then when I was serving. Um, is more program at this point than part, and you, you pretty much spoke to yeah. that because it, from a, from an occupation standpoint, as it relates to facilities, we're not where they are, and probably where we want to be down the road. Yeah, and 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 we probably we we probably never will be, or at least not in not in the foreseeable future, okay. because those uh, those communities, those institutions are, they're so far ahead of us, mm -hmm. and the resources that they have access to. And you forgot to mention um, uh, boost, just, boosters. They, they, they got boosters. That they, they got boosters yeah. that they can call and say, yo, we want to do this. Do you have a million yeah. dollars? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They do. They yeah. do. Yeah. Now, I will say that we uh, we are trying to expand our physical footprint, right? Going back to that uh, that theme of nexus between place and the ability to attract and retain entrepreneurs, we have uh, we've undertaken uh, planning for a project that we call Tech Village, mm -hmm. which is literally directly across the street uh, from our headquarters uh, here uh, on the St. Croix campus. Uh, we were able to acquire that land uh, through the support of the, of the legislature. The legislature has been great. Uh, so we acquired that land a few years ago. The land was subsequently uh, rezoned. Uh, it was farmland or uh, zoned as farmland. It wasn't being used for farming, had not been used for farming in uh, over 50 years, literally. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in partnership with uh, Senate President uh, Francis, Nobel Francis, um, we identified land that we were able to swap out so that there is no net loss of agricultural land um, as a result of this uh, project. So that land that was swapped um, uh, was land that was not uh, previously zoned uh, for agricultural purposes. So so anyway, so that is the site. Uh, it's uh, 27, 27 acres. What we have planned for the site uh, across multiple phases uh, again, consistent with best practices that we see in those places that you mentioned is uh, a facility for businesses, especially businesses that are engaged in research and development. That will be a 20,000 square foot facility. Uh, we also have uh, housing that's planned for the complex, uh, 66 units in the initial in the initial phase. And this will be very, very nice, uh, very, very nice housing. So you know, granite countertops, stainless steel, uh, appliances, all, all that good stuff. We completed market studies uh, to validate uh, the demand uh, for every element of, of the project. So, so office, uh, residential, um, in a subsequent phase, uh, we will also have a hotel not a resort hotel, but more of a business hotel uh, that will also serve as a um, uh, teaching facility uh, that will benefit the university at no cost to the university, specifically their hotel management uh, program. Uh, so we've been working with the university off and on 
uh, for several years on that. The, the, vocation, um, the vocational um, side of the educational complex can play a part in that? Oh, absolutely. 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 So there are many different strands, programmatic strands to this project. So uh, the, uh, the hotel and hopefully the businesses that are operating as part of phase one will provide internships uh, to students at uh, the educational complex, which is literally just right across the street uh, from, the, uh, from the site. So, so there is that uh, opportunity for synergy. There is also the opportunity for research, right? A research partnership between companies operating in the R&D space uh, and the university. Uh, the university has a, uh, has a good uh, agricultural sciences program. I think it's a de- degree program now. And so we've been engaged in talks for several years with the university, uh, one of our anchor tenants, <clears throat> about what a research partnership looks like. The other critical programmatic element of this project is support for farmers. Um, so we will share a portion of the revenues that we earn on this project with uh, the farming community on St. Croix, hopefully through a cooperative. Uh, Have you been uh, communicating with Summer Sibley? Because she came back with some yeah. good news about the Biden administration yeah. Um, yeah. De- desi- yeah. de- designating 12 different areas for food distribution centers and all that stuff. Um, Archie Park going to join join the, I think Good Food Coalition is the name of her uh, entity yeah. um, to try to make yeah. that work to benefit the people of the Virgin Islands. So absolutely. So if you look at the construction sign across the street, and I'm literally looking right at it, you will see you will see the logos of several institutions, partner institutions up there, including the VI Good Food Coalition. Okay, good. Summer okay, Sibley, good. Yeah. Summer Sibley has been a critical partner for us, especially in terms of really kind of bridging, you know, what is sometimes a communication divide between the private sector and and farmers uh, on St. Croix. So, yes, she's a phenomenal uh, partner for us. Oh, that's awesome. But that concept was always attractive to me. By the way, we want to give the administration some credit because there were some, uh, there were three agencies in particular that, uh, if I could recall, assisted in um, the land conveyance and the zoning. That would be... um, Property and Procurement, Department of Agriculture, and DPNR. So those entities right. played a part yep. uh, in, in making that happen. And you mentioned a good point that that was a concern when the, the project was first announced. The inventory, the land inventory for Department of Agriculture, that has not changed because there was a land swap of land right. that was um, prop, under property and procurement that they made available, uh, equal amount made available to the Department of Agriculture, so the inventory Correct. number is still the same. I just want to make that, Correct. Make that clear. Correct. And Senator Degazan yep. at the time, I believe it was, in 2020. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, um, it, this has been going on for, for so many years that, um, you know, you, you inevitably forget some of the players who were involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. Senator De- Degazan was an early champion mm-hmm. uh, of this project. Senator VLA mm-hmm. um got on board and just, you know, demonstrated major leadership in yeah. helping us drive it. And then, uh, um, and then Senator and then Fred course, Gregory, uh, Senator Fred Gregory uh, out of St. Thomas, and then you mentioned Senator Francis, along with Senator all, this, all the senators. Gregory, Senator Francis, yeah. all the senators yeah. were on board, and the executive branch, yeah. right? So we had not to not not to blow the cover of some of our partners in, uh, in the executive branch, but I, I do um, 
I should give a shout out to David Bourne, who is the former, you know, chief legal counsel to the, to the governor. David played a tremendous role. Carl, Carl Knight, uh, Josette Cantois in property and procurement. So, um, so what's the expression? You know, it takes a village to raise a child. It really takes a village to undertake a complex mixed no, 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 project. No, 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 no. It takes a, uh, it takes a tech it, village. It, 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 it takes a tech village to bring to bring leadership together in this particular it case, does. right? <laughs> so, so, it does. So, so but, that was but good. The bottom, but the bottom line is that this has been a this has been a truly uh, truly uh, you know collaborative. Uh, collaborative effort. And, and, and there is something else I want the public to know, right? Because it was somewhat controversial because it was about development and agricultural land. But you pointed out that the land was there for 50 years and wasn't developed agriculturally. That's number one. Yeah. Right? That's and, number and one. So and then number two, um, senators who had doubts early on at the end of the process, we pretty much got near unanimous support in for, for, both the, for both the conveyance and the rezoning. So I want to give all the senators... We, a shout out Wait. there. The St. Thomas Wait. Center is well blading and Potter. You know, they stepped. Matter of fact, Potter liked it so much he wanted one for St. Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, so, I'm gonna, uh, if, if you give me enough time, I'm going to talk about St. Thomas. Yeah. Um, no, well, well, we got we got another segment uh, after the top of the hour. We're going to head in. By the way, uh, one of the listeners got a question along the lines of what you mentioned with respect to the, to the pipe that exists right. uh, uh, alongside our Northwest Corridor here on St. Right. Croix. And the question is, you could think about over the break, with the volume of bandwidth in the West, should Sincroy make most uh, make Sin- should make Sincroy most attractive to corporations in need of it? Has the level yeah. of bandwidth been equally routed to St. Thomas? Thus, the explanation for the higher number of clients there. I know the answer, but I'm gonna leave that to you so you can let the public know when we come back after this break. We got the RT Park leadership here. Be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. 